Welcome to Life Church Bath, and thank you for choosing this message. If you'd like to learn and hear more about who we are and what we get up to, please go to our website at lifechurchbath.com. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning, everybody. All right, good morning, everybody. Hey, they are awake. Like Tim said, don't get too comfortable. I said to somebody, I was feeling a little bit fiery this morning. And those who've heard me preach know what that might mean. So I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to say. That was a great video of uh, the church camp. And I was watching it and enjoying it and thinking, thank you, God, I wasn't there. I should be totally honest. Let's just do confessions in church. I've not been made for camping. I, I honor all of you that did. I think it's a brilliant idea. Jonathan, I don't even know. Oh, there you are. Great idea, Jonathan. Wonderful. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I think I'm preaching away next year. <laughs> I actually did message Jonathan because I was doing a baptism in Devon last weekend, and I was like, oh, bummer. Can't be there at the camp weekend. <laughs> Got to do a baptism. <laughs> So well done, all you hardcore Brits. Um, Those of you who know me know that I've got British citizenship, so I'm half American, half British. I'm an Ameri-Brit, and the Amera side does not do camping. (laughs) So I was very Amera (laughs) last weekend. But I just, I find this such an honor to be here this morning, to just sit in the presence of God and see what God wants to say and what God's going to do. I'm going to, I just thought, okay, I don't want to waffle a lot at the beginning because I don't want to take away his time because I know that I know that I know he has a word that he's wanting to speak to us this morning. And everybody says that, you know, you get preachers that come up and say that, and I genuinely mean it. I'm not saying it to hype us up. Like, there is something sitting in my spirit this morning that I am saying, God, please help me uh, deliver this the way that you want it to be delivered. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. You are so welcome in this place. You are so welcome to walk up and down the Thank you, Lord, that your angels encamp around us. Thank you that this is a safe place. A safe place for us to humble ourselves before heaven and say, Lord, search me and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. The Lord is wanting to meet with us this morning. So, Father, I ask that you would do all that you want to do. Nothing missing, nothing stolen, but all that heaven wants. Lord, I ask that you'd speak so specifically and clearly to people this morning. They would be specific and clear words from heaven. God, everyone who is searching, let them receive something of you. This morning. We met um, the worship team, and thanks for that just incredible worship, guys. That was, that was brilliant. Judah, thank you for what you brought. That's amazing. 
And God is threading something this morning. And I have this sense, and I think, I think maybe Andy said it in worship or somebody did, but those who want to step in, wow, is there an invitation to step in? Let's not just do church to do church. Let's not just sit here to sit here and tick it off our list of things to do this week. And I also had a sense some of you need to be on the outskirts because that's where it feels safe right now. And I want you to know that that is okay. I have a mentoring group and I say all the time, we don't do shame and we don't do guilt. We don't do shame and we don't do guilt in this room. We don't do shame and we don't do guilt in this preach. So I want to put that out there. No shame and no guilt in Jesus name, opportunity, freedom, openness. You can sit on the side. You can come in the center. But let me say this. Jesus is drawing us this morning. He is drawing us to a place this morning of encounter. He is drawing us to a place this morning of change. He is drawing us to a place this morning of stepping into something. He is drawing us this morning to a place of releasing some things and letting some things go. All night long, all night long, I kept waking up and the Lord kept showing me this picture of an elephant and the elephant was running, elephant, and the elephant was running to the point where I don't know what time it was in the middle of the night. I'm like, yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Can, can I please sleep? <laughs> waking me up again, elephant, the elephant, the elephant, the elephant, the elephant. And then this morning I'm like, okay. What are you trying to say about the elephant? And I remembered how some years back, four or five years ago, I think it was, maybe it was during COVID, I can't remember, but I was doing a mentoring with a woman. It was over Zoom. And uh, it was a woman that I'd never met before. I didn't know her. This was our first mentoring together. And when I mentor, I always go to the Lord, give me a prophetic picture. What are you saying for them? And usually it's quite, you know, he gives me a, a little bit of a picture. The only picture that he would see, the only thing I could see with this woman was an an elephant. And I said, Lord, I've never met her before. I can't say, oh, when I look at you, I see an elephant. <laughs> and God would not give me anything else. And honestly, I, I hadn't been mentoring very long. I was really nervous about doing this. And I just thought, okay, I'm not going to make something up to make it up. I don't do that. I'm like, okay. And I said to her, and I gave all this preamble to her. And then I said, look, I said, the only thing I'm seeing is an elephant. And she burst into tears. And I kind of sat back a little bit. I did do a, thank you, Jesus, in my head. And when she had kind of gotten herself together, she said, Jen, right before coming on the Zoom, I said to the Lord, there's an elephant in the room between me and you, and I don't know if I'm ready to deal with it. And I said, well, I think the Lord wants you to deal with it. I think there's an elephant in the room between you and the Lord. And I don't know what it is for you. And with as much genuine love in my heart, because we don't do shame and we don't do guilt, I want to invite us today to look at the elephant in the room between you and the Lord. What might that be? And I was texting with a friend of mine who's from South Africa, and I was telling her about this picture. She's very prophetic, and so I'm like, does this sit with you? And, and she came back, and she said, you know, in Africa, when the elephants 
if they want to move a tree or get rid of a tree, they don't break off the branches, they uproot it. And there's some uprooting that I believe God wants to do today. I know we're in the middle of summer and usually it's really lighthearted, but I'm like, well, this is what he said, this is what we're doing. And I think he's wanting to uproot some unbelief today. He's wanting to uproot some things that have held you down today. And there has been a theme that I'm going to get to, that I'm going to get to in this. And I'll just say it up front. The theme is trust. Trust. Where are we at? Where are you at? Really, totally, fully, completely, unabandonedly, unashamedly, trusting the Lord? And is there any area that if you were honest, and I think we all have areas, you would say, I'm not sure about that one. We're going to look at three kind of key areas of trust. And I didn't realize this until I, I was out on a run yesterday morning, and it was like a penny dropped, and I realized, I wasn't going to say this at the beginning, but I'll say it, at least for me, see if it resonates with you, but each of these three, I believe, are prophetically where we've been, where we are, and where we are going. Starting at around 2016. So I'm going to start in Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. I can't remember, which way do you say it over here? Habakkuk. 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 We're going to start in Habakkuk. Okay, don't even try, Jen. Okay. <laughs> We're going to start in Habakkuk. So there's this great verse in Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, and it says this, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. So leave that up there for a minute. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. I'm going to do something in your days you would not believe even if you were told. Now, when, when the Lord gave me that as the first verse, I was like, yes. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be fiery. This is going to be great. We're going to see what God's going to do among the nations. Because it's a great verse, isn't it? You can tell it's been a while. <laughs> was complaining to God about the evil and the injustice and everything that was going on around him. And God said, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. And then he goes on to say, basically, in essence, I'm going to raise up the enemy against you. Might want to take it off your refrigerator. Listen to what Habakkuk said. I, actually, I didn't give these verses, so you're going to have to listen. To the beginning, verse 2, it says, O oh oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Has anybody felt that in your prayer time with God? Lord, how long do I need to pray? Like, I don't know where you are, but I've been praying and I've been asking and I've been praying and I've been asking and I've been praying and I, how long, Lord, am I going to put up with this? How long do I need to deal with this? How long? Do you not 
even care, God. How long do I cry violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. Do you hear what's coming out of his heart? Lord, do you, are you up there? Are you even aware that I exist? Why are you so angry with me? Why are you allowing this violence and strife and, and unanswered prayers and all this stuff going on? And God says, look at the nations and watch. Okay, I'm going to raise up the enemy against you. And it was like the, and this is where it took me back to 2016, at least in my world, 15, 16, 17, and I think a lot of you can resonate with this, because I know when I was preaching around that time and asking people, so many said yes. It was like a time when it was like one thing went wrong, and then another thing went wrong, and just when you thought, and then another. Can anybody relate to, okay, here we go. Oh, no, okay. Okay, I think now I've got breakthrough. Nope, 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 now there's another doctor report. Okay, that's solved. Oh, whoa, finances. And you feel like you've been hit left, right, and center. And there's this sense of, can we trust God? Let me say this correctly. When he seems unjust and uncaring. Will I trust God? Will you trust God when he seems unjust and uncaring? For sake of time, we're not going to go through a lot of this. I'd really encourage you to read Habakkuk 1 to 3. There's only three chapters. It's really interesting. But in chapter 2, starting at verse 1, Habakkuk is listening to God, and he's listening to God's response and this is how he answers. He says, I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. He will take his stand. One of the things the Lord has been saying to me recently is he's been saying position, Jen, position, 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 position. And I love that. I think Andy even said that when he was up here. Position. He didn't know I was going to say this. I, we need to take our stand in the position that we need to stand in. When we think, Lord, where are you? God, do you hear me? God, do you care? Why does it seem like you are unjust? Can we trust him enough to take a position of this? This is the position he's looking for. This is the position. When you wonder, how should I respond to God? This. When all hell comes against you? This. When everything's going right? This. This is our position. And there was a season of time where one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another went wrong. And some probably feel like you're still in that place. 
and we felt, God, I don't know if I can trust you because I don't know if you care and you feel very unjust right now. Can I take this position? He took a position of watching. And then right after that, God said, now I want you to write the vision. We preach around. This is another refrigerator plaque. Write the vision and run with it. God said, I want you to hear this vision and I want you to run with it. And what he said at the end of this, well, let me read the verse, chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. The Lord said, answered him, write the vision. When we stand like this and we get a vision from heaven, we write that. This is not about you come up with your vision and your plan and your answer and hold God accountable to it. I've tried that, I've done that, I've lived that. I've kind of partly years ago even preached some of that. And actually I'm realizing, wait a minute, Jen, this is not about you. This is not about what you want. This is not about all your dreams coming true. This is not about you living this perfect, wonderful life. This is actually about Jesus Christ. And when we get ourselves aligned, like Tim said, back to center, I promise you, as you surrender all, as you give all, as you worship him, as you align yourself, he knows the desires of your heart. He will take care of those, but he is looking for a church right now that is radical. He's looking for a bride that is powerful. He's looking for a group of people that say, I will surrender what I want. I just want a vision from heaven. That's what I'm going to run with. Because when we run with God's vision, we will see it come to pass. Because God does not fail and he cannot fail. He cannot lie. And he cannot fail. And I begin, I feel like this has been going on in me for years. I've been marinating this and maybe slightly a tiny bit, the penny is a little bit starting to drop for me now. Maybe it's age. You get into your 50s and you realize, well, okay, maybe this didn't happen and that didn't happen. And when you're in your 20s and you're in your 30s, and I get it, there's all these dreams and all these things that you want, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if we put that above him, we're wrong. And where we are going as the church of Jesus Christ, he needs a bride that is willing to do this and surrender all to his vision. And I promise you, he loves you so much, you will live a life far and above better than you could dream or even imagine. It's biblical and God doesn't lie and I'm holding on to that not because every dream has come about in my life but actually because I've come to a point where I'm like I just want you Jesus I just want you because I can sense what's happening we can all see what's happening around the world you can see the evil that is getting worse that's getting darker that's getting all just so twisted but, but, heaven has a vision. God has a vision of a beautiful bride. And this is what God says about vision. You write it, you make it plain, so that he may run who reads it. For the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It will not lie. It will not delay. It will surely come. 
You see, there is no hesitation in what the word says there. It will not lie. It will not delay. It will surely come. So we have come through a time, and some are still in a time of, God, you seem unjust. You seem like you don't care. Can you trust him in that place? That's number one. I've got to move quickly. There's so much, but I've just got to move quickly through these. The second one is this. We, I preached at a women's conference in January, and the word God gave me in January was unscripted. And I've alluded to it a lot this year, because I have never had a more unscripted year in my life. And I believe this is a very unscripted season, probably longer than just this year. But it is a time where God is saying, I want to take the pen out of your hand, because I am going to write something better than you could actually write. But if we are going to allow him to hold the pen, we have to hold the position. Oh, I like that. I didn't plan on saying that. Lisa, write that down. If we want him to hold the pen, we have got to hold the position. Oh, there's something on that, guys. There's something on that. Are you willing to let your life be unscripted from your perspective and only scripted from heaven's viewpoint? The Spirit of God in us says yes. The flesh says no. Who we were created to be, and I think this is part of what I'm realizing. Oh my gosh, this is who we were created to be. Like, I feel like there's this revelation, this new revelation coming of scriptures that I've read for years and things that I've heard for years. Wait a minute. This is who we've been created to be, to not need to know the next, the next step, to be able to trust him regardless of where he's leading and what's happening in our life in that moment. Can I still believe that he is good? Because the second place that we need to trust him is I need to be willing to trust God when the future seems unclear. And didn't we have a whole season of unclear, unclarity during COVID? Talk about going from hard to worse to confusion to God, where are you to, oh my goodness, this is something we did not see coming. Complete like, I can't plan it because I don't actually know what's going to happen next. Nobody could plan because nobody knew what was going on. Talk about unscripted. And last week, I th no, actually it's two or three weeks ago because I haven't preached on this yet. The Lord, there was a phrase that dropped in my spirit, and I've not felt released to preach on it, but I felt that he wanted me to share it here. And, oh, it makes me excited, and I, I hope it'll put a smile on your face. This was the phrase, warp speed. And I felt the Lord say, we're going to warp speed. Now, I think it's some scientific, I don't know, what, which film is it with? Star Wars, sorry. Star Trek, Star Trek, that's why I don't know it. <laughs> right, Star Trek, sorry, Trekkies. And so I had to look up warp speed. Listen to the definition of warp speed. Highest speed possible. Essential for voyaging where no human has ever gone before. It does not exist in the real world. Guys, if the Holy Spirit is saying we are going to warp speed, we are going to warp speed. 
And he is saying, I want you to get ready to go somewhere that humanity doesn't go, the supernatural goes. Somewhere that is outside your ability, your power, your understanding, further than where we have gone before. Could it be that there is a move of God coming across this nation and across this world that is further than anything that we have seen? We're preaching it. We're speaking it. Everybody prophetic has said it. We know it. Don't get lazy and waiting for it. Wait for the vision. It does not lie. It does not delay. It will surely come. That's our God. That's the one that I'm putting my trust in. One that I know cannot fail me. And so if we look at Acts chapter 8 now, it says, starting at verse 25, now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. This is Peter and John had come and joined Philip, basically. They preached, then they went back to Jerusalem. It says this in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Arise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her treasure, who had come there to worship. He was returning, seated in his chariot. Verse 29, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, basically, how can I understand unless somebody tells me? We're going to skip down now to verse 38. He commanded the chariot to stop. They both went into the water, Philip and the eunuch. He baptized them. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more. He went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all of the towns until he came to Samaria. Now, some years ago, when I was living in London, I had a friend from America visiting. And this was in February. It was cold. It was wet. It was rainy. We got lost in London because I'm horrific at directions. And this was before smartphones, I think. And so we didn't know where we were. We had been walking literally for about a half hour. We finally found a pub to go in. And we knew we had a half hour walk to get back to the metro, to the tube station that we had left. And so we warmed up by the fire, didn't even have money to buy a drink. We literally warmed up by the fire, took a deep breath and just said, oh, okay, let's mentally get ready for another half hour walk in the freezing cold, wet, rain, wind, England. And so we walked out, we turned the corner, no lie, there's the tube station. And we looked at each other because we had been talking in the half hour to the tube station about being translated. And I looked at her and I looked at the tube station and I, I said, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? She said, Jen, I think we've just been translated. Now, I've had words with the Lord since then. I said, next time you want to, I really appreciate that. I appreciate not having to walk. But if you ever want to do that again, Greece or Provence. Greece or Provence. Preferably not a tube station in the rain in London. <laughs> but what it showed me, 
A, God is good and he cares and he's loving. B, the Bible is true. And C, he can take us warp speed whenever he wants to. Can you trust him with your future? The only way he's going to do that is if you let go of the pen and you resume the position. That is where our trust needs to be placed. Now, an interesting thing about the word desert there, where it says he went to the desert road. The word desert in the Greek is eremos. It means an uncultivated, unpopulated place. Uncultivated, unpopulated place. A deserted area. And then I read a commentary. Now listen to what this commentary says. In the strict sense, Eremos expresses a lack of population, not merely lack of vegetation. This does not suggest absolute barrenness, but unappropriated territory. Unappropriated territory. There is unappropriated territory that God is wanting you to step into. He's wanting me. He's wanting every one of us. And I could feel it so strong. Where did he take Philip? He took Philip from there, and he, or he took Philip from his guys. The other guys went to Jerusalem. And he said, Philip, I'm taking you to the unpopulated, un, what's the word? I keep forgetting that word. What did I just say? Unappropriated territory. And for some of you guys, everybody is going this direction, and God's taking you that direction. I know this is a word for somebody in here. I know it that I know it that I think it's a word for more than one person. Other, everybody else is going that way, and God is saying, go this way. Everybody else seems to get the easy road, and God is saying, I want you to take the harder road. Everybody else seems to go back where it's comfortable, and God is saying, I want you to step out into a place that you do not know that is unpopulated and is unpopular, because that is exactly where I need you to be. This is the bride of Jesus Christ. This is who he is looking for, that we would not go where everybody else is going and do what everybody else is doing. There is an unpopulated area out there that he is wanting us to step into. To. And I had this sense in my gut so strong. There are so many gifts in this room, so many gifts that you carry, so many anointings that are on you that he is wanting to take and place into these areas. But we have got to resume the position and trust him as he leads us into that place. Will you trust him with an unknown future? Because Azotus, where he was actually placed in the Old Testament, is Ashdod. And if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 5, you will find out that that is the area where they brought the Ark of the Covenant and the God of Dagon. They thought, the, the Philistines thought, let's put God, the Ark of the Covenant, at the feet to worship God of Dagon. Let our God be worshipped by their God. And if you read the story, you know what happens. The next morning they woke up and Dagon was on his face. 
And they didn't quite understand, and so they sent him back up again, and they left the little tiny Ark of the Covenant down there in front of this great big God of the world. And then they left, and then they came back the next day, and not only was on his face, his head was off, his hands were off, and he was destroyed. Why? Because the counterfeit can never stand up to the presence of Almighty God. And we carry the presence of Almighty God. We are the ones to take it into the areas that God is leading us into. Do you not want to be a people radical for Jesus? Do you not want to say, Lord, here I am. Do something in my life that I have not expected. Take me someplace so I know that I know I have completely and totally fulfilled everything that you are wanting me to do. Some of you, he is calling families right now to move. I can see it. He's calling families overseas. And you have said, but we have children, but we have this, but we have that, but we should do what is logical. And he said, I want you to do what is spiritual. What makes you nervous for Jesus? That may be exactly where he's leading you. Come on, guys. This is not a time to play church. But the only way we will do that is if we trust him with every fiber of our being. And the best way to trust him is to do Just do this. So can you trust him with an unknown future? And the last one. Mark chapter 10. Are you willing to trust God by taking a step of faith? Remember what I said? I was on my run, and I was thinking back in my own life, so maybe it doesn't resonate with you, but certainly in my life, 2015, 16, I'll say up to COVID time, it was a God, you seem very unjust and very uncaring right now. I know you're not, but this is what I'm feeling. And then during COVID, 2020, all the way up until the first day of this month, July 1st, so it ended on June 30th, Lord, I don't have a clue what's going on with my future. And I don't know how to explain it to you, but I know that I know that I know in my gut. And I felt the Lord say it so clear. First of July, Jen, everything shifts. There's a line in the sand from first of July. And there's going to be a momentum that takes place that is different than what came before that. And I've said, Lord, I agree with that word. I believe that word. I'm going to agree with that word. And I don't believe that's a word just for me. And as happens in any season change, you don't go immediately from one to the other. There's a time period where there's a change. But I'm telling you, I don't know if anybody else has noticed it, but I literally from the 1st of July noticed a massive shift in my life. It's spiritually. I could sense it. I could feel it. I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Things are starting to ramp up. They're starting to pick up. God's 
starting to move. The Holy Spirit is beginning to speak to you. I'm telling you, if you're not hearing him, open your ears and say, I want to hear. I want to hear. He's beginning to give direction. He's beginning to say things. He's beginning to say, I want you to get rid of that. I want you to stop that. I want you to go there. I want you to connect there. I want you to partner there. He's beginning to give instructions at a whole new level. Does anybody else feel that? Or are you just somebody give me a heads up? Okay. That yes, this is what he's beginning to do. Why? Because he is on the move. Because he's getting us ready and preparing us for the warp speed of what he wants to do with us. But he can't warp speed of us if we get over here and the go, oh, I don't know if I want it. Oh, I'm not sure about this. Oh, should I? I don't know. Can I do it? Oh, oh Lord, I don't have the gifts. I don't have the, we got to stop it, church. Let that stuff die. Put it under your stiletto and say, I am not dealing with that anymore. I'm not dealing with fear. I'm not dealing with anxiety. I'm not going to deal with all the disappointment and everything that I have put on the Lord because he hasn't answered my prayer. Can I put it under my feet? And say, I will go where you send me, Lord. I will say what you tell me to say. I will minister to who you tell me to minister to. I will stop doubting my own ability because I stand like this knowing it is all your ability. This is where he's taking us, church. This is the people that he's calling us to be. I know this is strong, but Jonathan said it was okay, so you can blame him. Let me read one more scripture, and then we're going to close. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. This is about blind Bartimaeus. They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out, all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And then I'm just going to skip down a bit, reading further. Basically, Jesus says, what do you want me to do? He said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. I read a quote yesterday from Oswald Chambers. I've been reading my utmost for his highest devotional since 91. It's just an amazing devotional. And he says this, unless we can look the darkest, blackest fact full in the face without damaging God's character, we do not yet know him. It's a strong statement. Can I look at that darkest thing, the darkest question that I have for God, the biggest confusion, the biggest disappointment, the biggest hurt? Can I look at that without damaging God's character? Are you willing to trust God by taking a step of faith? Not too long ago, there was something that happened in my life that brought some confusion. And I was praying, or just, actually, I think I was chatting with someone, and the Lord said, I want you to put a stake in the ground. I want you to really pay attention to this, because this is a key right here. And it reminded me of, in America, in the pioneer days, 
they would line them up on the horse, all the men on the horses, and they would have already looked at the land and known which part of the land they wanted. And the land had different numbers on it. And they would line up on their horses. And they, if you've seen the film, you're mostly too young, but there's a film called Far and Away that talks about this. And if they, um, they then would, the gun would go off and they would race in their horses and they'd race to the plot of land that they wanted. And when they took a stake and they put the stake in the ground, that land was theirs. And I felt the Lord say to me, what do you want to stake, Jen? What do you want to stake? Can you trust him? Have you gone through the, I can trust you even when I feel like you're unjust? I surrender. I'll trust you even when I don't know where you're leading me and where you're going. Lord, I want to be who you want me to be and go exactly where you want. If we say yes to those, the final one is this. Will you trust him to actually take that step of faith and put a stake in the ground? The stake that, we can go ahead and start, Andy. In fact, let's stand up for a minute. Shift position. Don't switch off, just switch position. I kept hearing the phrase this last week call to arms, call to arms, call to arms. I'm not even 100% sure what it means. I know it's something warlike, but kind of bring the troops together, I think, is what it means. And I felt like this morning was a type of call to arms. And are you willing to take a stake? And the stake is the word trust. I don't know where you're putting your trust right now. It could be in a person. It could be in a marriage. It could be a relationship, finances, home, job. It could be in any different thing. Parents, friends, where are you putting your trust right now? Because the Lord is saying, I want you to pick up that stake of trust. And I want you to take that stake of trust. And I want you to put that in my nature. Because when the blind man called out for Jesus, he didn't say, son of David, heal me. Son of David, have you not seen me? Son of David, I've been praying and talking to you for years. Why are you ignoring me? Son of David, why do you feel unjust? Son of David, why don't you let me do what I want to do and go where I want to go? Son of David, where are you? No, he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. He tapped into the mercy and the nature of heaven. That is where we put our trust. Will you stake your trust in that place? Let's close our eyes right now. And as we're in this place, I want you those who want to, and I know Andy said it earlier, to put your hands out in a place of surrender, to put your hands again in a place of surrender. I will take this position, Lord. 
And I believe the Lord is speaking to you today. And for some people, he's saying, we are going to nail this today once and for all. Remember that picture of the elephant. When an elephant uproots a tree, he pulls it up by the root. He says, we are not having that any longer. You cannot go into the next season carrying unbelief. You cannot go into the next season carrying fear and anxiety. You cannot go warp speed where God is wanting to take you if you are holding on to every desire of your own heart. It is hard. I think we have made it simple over these years. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. God will give you everything you want. God God will provide everything you want. Yes, he is my provider. But above all, he is Jesus Christ, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And he's looking for a radical people that are willing to say, I absolutely surrender, God. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. And I'm going to ask you to be bold. And if you say, the, if the Lord has spoken to you through anything that was in this, whether it's the trust in the first part of the second part or in the third part, and you say, I want going forward to be so part of everything, God, that you are doing. And I will take my stake of trust and I will not put it in man or finance or job or future or desire. I will only put it in the mercy mercy and the kindness and the nature of God. And if that's you, I want you to come down because I want to pray over us. And I want you to move because this is about shifting position. I'm not going to beg you to do it, but this is about shifting a position today. He is calling the church it is a call to arms, not just for us, the wider church of Jesus Christ. It is a call to arms right now. He is saying this is the season. Some of you, the disappointments, the frustrations, the things that you have carried for years, I'm telling you, at this altar, not in those seats, it will be dealt with. And I don't say it because I need to get some approval from having people at the altar. I say it because I know that's the kind of people that he needs going into the next season. People who are willing to be not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like the disciples like the apostles, like Jesus himself. Can we be that people? We've talked about it for years. Can we be those people? I put myself down here and I say, God, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. I throw off everything else, God. I throw off all the other desires. I throw off the stuff. I'm letting go of it. God, I want to be a people so surrendered to you. So if that's you, you lift up your hands right now. And what I see is that people are lifting up their hands right now. I actually see some handcuffs coming off of you. And it's not like you were cuffed together, but you had a handcuff hanging off. It's like there had been a release, you, there had been some freedom, but there was still a handcuff that was attached to you. And you've been carrying it around almost as a sign and a symbol of what God has done. And I see handcuffs coming off, coming off, coming off, coming off, coming off, coming off, coming off right now. Handcuffs are coming off. They're coming off. They're coming off. 
Lord, I pray for every single one who says yes to you right now, who is holding themselves in a place of surrender. I can see the Lord coming behind you, and there's mantles. He's mantling you with things. I feel like there's new assignments that are coming for you. There's some new assignments for families that are coming. There's some new assignments for couples that are coming. There's new assignments for individuals. He is mantling you with new assignments right now. And I see him lifting up your head. He's lifting up your chin and he's looking at you in the, in the face and he's saying, you can do this. 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 I speak courage into the atmosphere right now that you would be strong and courageous, that none of these seeds would be stolen by the enemy when you walk out, but we cover them right now by the blood of Jesus Christ, that every seed that has been planted will not be uprooted, but will grow every bit that it is meant to grow, that there will be new trees, new fruit, the old tree uprooted and the new is about to grow in Jesus' name. And I see a quick growth. I speak quick growth. Quick growth. I speak open doors, Lord. Open doors. Open doors where there needs to be an open door. That you would open the door. That you would make a way. That you would make a way. I just hear the Lord saying the old is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. The old is 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 gone. And I just see him throwing it away. There's these old rags, and he's throwing these rags away. He's throwing them away. Lord, I speak even into the atmosphere here at Life Church Bath. Life, fresh life, fresh life, fresh life, fresh life, fresh life. That's not a comment on the old. That's just, I just speak fresh life, fresh life, a freshness into the atmosphere, a shifting of the atmosphere, God, a shifting of the atmosphere where there has been a blanket that there would no longer be a blanket, where there has been anything covered and holding over that it would be taken off in the name of Jesus and there I just see a flooding of the spirit of God I see a fresh wind coming into this place a fresh wind and what I can see is a fan that's starting to stir, stir. and the fan is stirring and as that fan goes I see to the, the debris flying the debris flying the debris flying the debris flying whoa Lord bring a freshness bring a freshness bring a freshness I see some of you gasping for breath. It's like you've been sinking in the ocean. And you've gone underwater and you've come back and you're just grasping, gasping for breath and gasping for breath. And I see the Lord coming behind you and lifting you up. And I see him sitting you on his lap. He's sitting on the water, but you're sitting on his lap. And he's saying, I got you. I've 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 got you. Father, write the vision over every person that is up here. Write the vision over us that we would run with it. Write your vision that does not lie, that does not delay, that will surely come. I speak that over every one of us. God, your vision. Oh, I thank you, God, for testimonies. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for new seasons, new beginnings. And I say, Lord, let us draw a line in the sand right now. Unbelief out in Jesus' name. Out. Out. You pull it out of yourself. Unbelief out in Jesus' name. See yourself throwing it out. And some of you thought it was a big, long, huge root from a big tree. And what I see is it's tiny. It's tiny. 
and it's out. And I see the Lord coming and planting new seeds in that place. There are new this is I he said this is a new seed season. 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 So water those seeds right now, God. Water those seeds. As we worship, water those seeds. Water those seeds. <laughs> 